The following is a presentation of Remnant. Hi, this is Jerry from Remnant. Let's be honest, this life can be hectic, draining, and downright confusing. My hope is that by listening to this message, your life can be impacted by God's great love for you. And His love will give you wisdom, courage, and strength. Thanks for listening. You're listening to a message from Pastor Jerry Godsey. First Sunday, and I already hate that song. <laughs> and I picked it out. It's, uh, normally I get to blame Jeremiah, but this year it's mine. Um, it's some Dutch guy singing country. <laughs> Sounds legit, right? So, good morning. We're going to talk about mom today. Hi, moms. How many of you moms? Congratulations. You survived and you're here, so that's, that's always a good thing. Here's all the social media stuff for today at Remnant Church, at Jerry Godsey, hashtag imperfect series, imperfect family series, hashtag imperfect mom. I encourage you to use your social media through the message. Uh, no playing, you know, Flappy Bird or something else, but, you know, use your social media. Don't make me come back there. Good morning. Let's open up with a word of prayer, then we're going to get right into today's message. God, you're so good to us. You love us so much. Father, I I pray for the moms here today, that they will be encouraged. Father, this will be a day for them to walk out feeling like, yeah, yeah, they can do this, but because you're going to help them. Thanks, Father. Give us a good day. We ask it in your name. Amen. I'm going to warn you that today's message is not a typical Mother's Day message. Every Mother's Day, we get the Proverbs 31 you know, we get the message about the Proverbs 31 chick, as my wife called her. My wife said she hates the Proverbs 31 chick because the Proverbs 31 chick is perfect. She gets up early in the morning. She, she does all this stuff. And she, she's got a business. She takes care of her family. Yeah, it's not... Uh, I, I, I would imagine, though, that if you ask the Proverbs 31 chick about her husband, what he thought, you'd say, no, no, she's not perfect. Now, he wouldn't say it in front of her. Just like if you ask me in front of my wife, I'll say, oh, no, she's perfect. <laughs> ask me alone, I may tell you, you know, a little more, but just because I look stupid doesn't mean I am. I'm not going to stir up more devils that I can cast out. 
We always talk about Timothy's, mother, grand, uh, Timothy's grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice and Hannah and her love for little Samuel. We're not going to talk about that today. We're going to be reading about a couple of women who don't usually come to mind on Mother's Day. If you've got your Bible, turn to 1 Kings chapter 3. If not, it'll be there on the PowerPoint. Now, O Lord my God, this is Solomon. Solomon's praying, and, and this kind of sets up where we're going. Solomon is praying, and he's asking God, God, what, what can I do? God says, I'll give you anything you want. Now, remember the old joke about the, the, the guy finds a genie, and the genie says, I'll give you anything you want. He says, okay, I want a bridge to connect Los Angeles and Hawaii. And the genie says, wait a second, do you know how far that is? Do you know how hard that would be? That's craziness. He says, okay, okay. Um, I'll tell you what, I want to understand women. And the genie says, okay, where did you want that bridge and how many lanes? <laughs> Solomon, God, God comes to Solomon in a dream and says, I'm going to give you anything you want. Now, some of us would ask for riches or, you know, I might ask to be better looking. Not that that would be hard, but I would ask for God, so, you know, but Solomon says, I want wisdom. Look at 1 Kings chapter 3. Now, O Lord my God, you have made me king instead of my father David, but I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous, they cannot be counted. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? God gives him anything he wants, and he asked for wisdom. And because he didn't ask for riches or anything else, God gave him all of that too. So it's kind of a win-win situation. But further on in, in, in 1 Kings 3, look at verse 17. Two women come to, come to Solomon with a dead baby, and a li- or with a live baby. Please, my Lord, one of them began, this woman and I live in the same house. I gave birth to a baby while she was with me in the house. Three days later, this woman also had a baby. We were alone. There were only two of us in the house, but her baby died in the night when she rolled over on it. Then she got up in the night and took my son from beside me while I was asleep. She laid her dead child in my arms and took mine to sleep beside her. In the morning when I tried to nurse my son, he was dead. But when I looked more closely in the morning light, I saw that it wasn't my son at all. Then the other woman interrupted, It certainly was your son, and the living child is mine. No, the first woman said, the living child is mine and the dead one is yours. So they argued back and forth before the king. Well, Solomon asked for wisdom, and now here he gets a chance to put it into practice. How do you rule on this? There's no, you know, there's no crime lab, there's no DNA for this. So you got the one lady saying, that's my baby, and the dead one's the other lady's baby, and they're both saying, no, no, the live one is mine. What would you do if you were Solomon? What would you do? Now, in case, I know we would think, well, this is kind of weird, but they didn't have street lights, they didn't have lights in their houses, they didn't have anything. So when it's dark, it's dark. It's like super dark. So she, she feels the baby there, doesn't think anything of it, but then she starts looking at it in the light and says, wait a second, this isn't my kid. Moms, you think you'd know the face of your child? Dads, 
maybe not so much, but moms. First Kings 16.23, the, the king said, let's get the facts straight. Both of you claim the living child is yours, and each says that the dead one belongs to the other. So now you've got to figure out who's telling the truth. And if you're Solomon, who do you believe? If you're Solomon, you don't know these ladies. You're the king. You don't see these ladies on a regular basis. He says, whose son is the living woman? So he comes up with a brilliant idea. Look at verse 24. All right, bring me a sword. You could hear the crowd. Did he say sword? Did he just say sword? Bring me a sword. So a sword was brought to the king. Then he said, cut the living child in two and give half to one woman and half to the other. You're going to fight over the living one. Half of you is going to get the living one. The other half is going to get the other half of the living one. Won't be living anymore, but it'll be half and half. Can you imagine the sound in the room? Um, did, did he, he said sword, right? And the soldier's like, all right, just following orders. Shing! He pulls out the sword, and the whole room goes quiet. And like, he's not. He is. He's going to do it. Got to cut the baby in half. Verse 26, Then the woman who was the real mother of the living child and who loved him very much cried out, Oh no, my Lord, give her the child. Please do not kill him. But the other woman said, All right, he'll be neither yours nor mine. Divide him between us. What is wrong with you? All right, halvesies as it is. But the real mom, the one who really cared about the child, was willing to give him up. That shows how evil the other woman was. First of all, she's pretty evil, number one, because she swapped a dead baby for a living one. I mean, you've got to be pretty bad right there. But that's understandable, right? You, you, you might, you could maybe understand that. Maybe. No, the mom's like, no. No. I'll just make another one look just like him. It's no big deal. No. But the other mom, the, one, the real mom says, no, no, don't kill the baby. Let it live. But the other's like, okay. Slice and dice, let's go. Get out the runko chopper, let's go. Verse 27, the king said, don't kill the child, but give him to the woman who wants him to live, for she is his mother. That classic. That's how he knew. That's how he knew. The real mom cared enough that let the baby live even though I don't get it. Verse 28, when all Israel heard the king's decision, they were, the people were in awe of the king, for they saw the wisdom God had given him for rendering justice. And again, this is kind of a weird Mother's Day message. Because, well, I don't think anybody here has had a slice of baby in half. Now, growing up, I will tell you, there were times I thought that may not be a bad idea to one of my brothers... And even a couple of times to my own children. It may not be a bad idea. Let's just, let's just cut our losses here. But here's what I want to tell you. First of all, you need to know, ladies, real moms are imperfect. Real moms are imperfect. A lot of moms struggle because they feel like they're not good moms. 
They feel like because they're not sinless, they're not the mom they ought to be. That somehow they don't measure up to all the moms on television. And you know, there's a flip side of that too. A lot of you grew up in homes where your mom wasn't perfect. And maybe you hold it against them. You know what? Real moms aren't perfect. Being a mom is a hard, hard gig. In fact, it was so hard that God gave it to women instead of men. Let's be honest. Let's be, I was telling somebody the other day that they said I had kidney stones, and they said that that was the closest thing that the man comes to, to childbirth. And my wife says, that's, that's stupid. But that's the, what they tell me. I don't know. It's just what they tell me. And I will tell you that if that's the truth, then I gained a huge amount of respect for my wife because she voluntarily had a second child. I would not voluntarily have kidney stones ever again. So ladies, hats off to you. I think you're nuts. Because trust me, if, if men had to have babies, there'd be like one baby in the whole planet. Because we would tell other guys, no, 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 no. That hurts bad. No. Now, there's something very interesting about the story that I kind of didn't tell you at first. Look at verse 16. Sometime later, two prostitutes came to the king to have an argument settled. Does it alter your opinion of the story to know that the two women were prostitutes? Does it alter your understanding of the story to understand that these women weren't perfect? They weren't sinless. And yet, they loved their babies. Now, I understand the Bible is not endorsing prostitution. It's not saying that if you're a prostitute, you're a good mom. It's not saying that at all. But it is saying that even imperfect moms can be good moms. See, a woman doesn't have to be sinless to be a real, loving, caring mother. And ladies, you need to understand that because this world puts a lot of pressure on you. I get it. I do. I would not want to, in all seriousness, I wouldn't want to be a mom. The pressures that moms have to bear, no. No. But ladies, you don't have to be perfect. But you do need to put your trust in one who is perfect. Ladies, I don't know how you ever, ever be a mom without knowing Jesus. How do you possibly do the, mom, the job of a mom without knowing God and knowing what he does inside you? What he can do for you, the strength that he can give you, the grace that he offers you. Moms, that's how you do it. That's how you do it great. Paul says, Romans 3.23, everyone has sinned. And that would include moms. Everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. And you know what? We all mess up. I've told you before, I know it'll come as a shock to you. Please, please understand, I sin. <gasps> no, Pastor Jerry, not you. Follow me around for two hours. Drive with me on the freeway. I'm yelling at a car one day. 
just yelling at this guy because he's stupid in public, and I'm yelling at him. And Soren, my grandson's in the back seat, and he goes, Grandpa, he can't hear you. It's <laughs> not the point. Real moms are imperfect. Look at this. Even when we make a mess of our lives and goof up because of poor choices, isn't it encouraging to know God's grace is still available to us? And that's just, not just for moms, that's for all of us. Gentlemen, if you're here today and, and you've messed up, you've made poor choices, God is still there for you. Because he loves you. He's got a vested interest in your life. Jesus gave his life for you. Don't you think if, if, if you gave up one of your children for somebody, don't you think you'd have a vested interest in making sure they do well? That their life is everything it could possibly be? Mark chapter 2, verse 17. Jesus talks about coming not for perfect people, but for imperfect people. When Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. You know what remnant is? You know what this church is? It's a hospital for sinners. Oh, I, I have people all the time, oh, I can't come to church, I'm, I'm too bad a sinner. What? That's why, that's why we have church. Because i got news for you, we're all sinners. We're all equal at the foot of the cross. And if you start thinking you're better than somebody because they have a certain sin you don't have, they, you have sins they don't have. We all mess up. The difference is, if you know Jesus, you know how to get forgiven, and you know how to get power to not mess up anymore. Ladies, God loves imperfect moms. If you grew up in a home with an imperfect mom, God loves you. God cares for you. If you grew up with an imperfect mom, imperfect dad, you know what? The greatest thing you can do is forgive them. And I know it's hard because the hurts go so deep, don't they? But if the hurts go deep, then God's grace goes that much deeper. And I want you to know, if you're here today and you've had an imperfect mom and you're, your heart is broken, go to God and ask him for the grace to forgive. Look at Ephesians 4.32. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Real moms are imperfect. But God forgives them. Isn't that cool? Moms, you should have said amen right there. I mean, that was your chance. Now you're on your own. Second thing, real moms are compassionate. Real moms have a maternal love for their kids. You can see it in verse 21. In the morning when I tried to nurse my son, he was dead. But when I looked more closely in the morning light, I saw that it wasn't my son at all. She really knew her son. And again, newborn babies, in fact, I did a, I did a, a comedy show Friday night, and I, I, I have a play where I, I say, you know, people come up to you, isn't my baby beautiful? No. No, he's not. 
I got a picture of my oldest son when he was born. He looks like a persimmon with eyes. <laughs> kind of pointy-headed, you know, and, and, and some, lady, some lady from the crowd, no, my son was beautiful. And I said, no, he wasn't. He just wasn't. I looked in, the, I looked in the, the little incubator room, you know, where they have all the babies, and if they hadn't had a name tag, I wouldn't have been able to pick out which one was mine because he looked like a persimmon. Which persimmon is yours? I don't know. My last name starts with G. Check it out. But a mom knows. A mom knows. She's carried that baby for nine months. She finally gets to see his face. That thing is indelibly printed in her mind. Even if it isn't pretty. You know, sometimes when you get angry at your mom, it might be helpful to remember that we were once a little helpless bundle and she helped us out. I don't think my kids would have survived with just me in charge. I don't think that would have gone well. You know, because when, you know, when, when, when you're a kid, you know, and you, you cut yourself, your mom gets out the back teen and a band-aid. Dads are like, suck it up, you're all right. Rub some dirt on it, you're fine. But real moms are compassionate. The very word compassion, I, I, want to, I want to read you that same verse from the New King James Version, verse 26. Then the woman whose son was living spoke to the king, for she yearned with compassion for son. With passion. She wanted so badly for her son to succeed. She wanted so badly for that baby to be perfect. She had compassion on it. No matter how many poor choices the kid makes growing up. We've dealt with, dealt with kids who, you know, the moms had to call law enforcement because the kids were out of hand. And it breaks the mom's heart. But the mom would rather sacrifice that relationship and see the kid live and see the kid continue down the road they were in and die. What a horrible choice to make. What a horrible thing for a mom to have to do. But her love and her compassion for her child is such that she will do it to save the kid's life. It's the way God loves us. God sent his son to die for us. And no matter how many poor choices you make along the line, God loves you. And God cares for you. And every now and then, God's going to let you fall down and skin your knees if that's what it takes to make you follow him. God's going to let you, every now and then, take your lumps. And nobody likes it. Moms, if you don't know what to do, God's wisdom is available. That God's wisdom is available to all moms who ask him for it. You look at that baby and you see it growing up and you think, I don't know what to do with this kid. Maybe your kid's acting up. Maybe your kid is, is not quite as good as they should be. And you don't know what to do. James chapter 1 verse 5. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. Look at this now. He will not rebuke you for asking. 
You ever ask somebody a question, they say, well, that's a stupid question. I was teaching school, I used to tell my students, there are no such thing as stupid questions. There are, however, stupid people who ask them. It's just not nice. I say things like that, and some of you look at me like, how did this guy ever become a pastor? I'm as amazed as you are. Real moms are imperfect. God is not going to look down on you because you have a question because you don't know what to do. There's a difference between you and God. God's perfect, and you're imperfect. And God prepared for that by saying, if you ask me, I'll give you all the wisdom you need. Isn't that cool? You don't have to wander around in the dark trying to figure things out. God will give you wisdom. You just got to ask. And that's the biggest problem is we don't ask. We just continue trying to figure things out on our own. We don't ask. And we wonder why things go bad. Well, the reason things went bad is because you didn't ask. Real moms are imperfect. Real moms are compassionate. And thirdly, real moms are sacrificial. Real moms are willing to sacrifice for their children. I just lost my place in my own notes. Sorry about that. Just a will old machine here. Real moms are willing to give up things in order to bless their children. Look at verse 26. The real mother of the living baby was overcome with emotion for her son and said, Oh no, master, give her the whole baby alive. Don't kill him. This is from the message. But the other one said, if I can't have him, you can't have him. Cut away. What kind of person is willing to sacrifice a baby just so the other person can't have it? A special kind of evil there. But instead of looking at the negative, let's look at the positive. The real mother of the living baby was overcome with emotion and said, no, no, give her the whole baby. Keep him alive. What a sacrifice that would be. Can you imagine? She made a choice in that moment for that child's life. And that meant that she was going to watch her child grow up being mothered by another woman. For the rest of that kid's life, she was going to watch him grow up and know that she was his real mom. And this other lady was an imposter. But she was willing to make that sacrifice to save her kid's life. See, personal sacrifice is the higher calling of parenthood. Imagine the sacrifices that women go through. Just carrying a baby. I mean, not even the childbirth part, because that's that's a whole other thing. But, you know, they, they start off, you know, nice you know, beautiful woman, and then they get more beautiful. I'm not wearing a bulletproof vest today, so I was uh, careful about that. Again, just because I look stupid doesn't mean I am. My wife would look over at me while she's pregnant. I feel so ugly. Gentlemen, if your wife ever says that while she's pregnant, you better tell her she's not. The correct, the correct answer, by the way, a little hint from your Uncle Jer, you've never been more beautiful, dear. Practice that, guys. 
Practice that, guys. You've never been more beautiful, dear. Then they have to have a baby, and then they worry that they're still carrying baby weight and stretch marks and all these things. You know what, ladies? You're beautiful. I would get jealous of my wife for, you know, like seconds at a time while she was pregnant because she could feel the baby kick and I couldn't feel it. Put your hand there. You feel it? Uh, no. <laughs> he kicked right now. Okay, I'll take your word for it. And then later you can, you know, right as they're about to be born, you can watch like the elbow travel across. It like, makes a, almost like a periscope in the skin. Like, oh, that looks like it hurts. Then the kid's born, and the moms wake up in the middle of the night. When I was, when I was teaching high school students, they would say, I'm going to have a baby so I can have somebody that loves me. Well, you're dumber than a sack of rocks. <laughs> Babies do not love you. I'm serious. Babies are tyrants. They're like Hitler and Mussolini and all the bad people all rolled up together. <laughs> They're born savages, and they don't care... They don't care if you're tired. They don't care if you want to go out and play. They don't care about anything. They're hungry. They've got a dirty diaper. And they're going to scream until they get what they want. I'm serious. Babies are... Imagine... My wife and I, you know... We, I tried. You know, the baby's crying in the middle of the night. Okay, I'll go. Ten minutes later, the baby's still crying. Lynette would go because she would fix whatever stupid thing I messed up. But the moms feel it so closely. When the kids hurt, the moms just feel it. They feel it physically, I think. Real moms are sacrificial. They're willing to give up everything for their baby. I lost my place again if you wonder what happened. Now, some of you moms are stay-at-home moms. Some of you moms are working moms. I think, unfortunately, today, most moms have to be working moms. Lynette was never a stay-at-home mom for very long. And if, if you've made the choice to be a stay-at-home mom, bravo. I, I'm, I'm not going to criticize that choice. And there are people who are really putting pressure on moms today to be career women. So this lady wrote to Ann Landers, and uh, she was real frustrated because people thought that she was doing something less by being a stay-at-home mom. And this is what she wrote. I'm so tired of all these Ill arrogant, ignorant people who come up to my husband and ask him if his wife has a full-time job or if she's just a housewife. Here's my job description. I'm a wife, mother, friend, confidant, personal advisor, lover, referee, peacemaker, housekeeper, laundress, chauffeur, interior decorator, gardener, painter, wallpaperer, Dog groomer, veterinarian, manicurist, barber, seamstress, appointment manager. I'm getting tired just reading it. Financial planner, bookkeeper, money manager, personal secretary, teacher, disciplinarian, entertainer, psychoanalyst, nurse, diagnostician, public relations expert, dietitian, nutritionist, baker, chef, fashion coordinator, and letter writer for both sides of the family. I'm also a travel agent, speech therapist, plumber, and automobile maintenance and repair expert. From the studies done, it would cost more than $75,000 a year to replace me. I took time out of my busiest schedule to write this letter because there are still ignorant people who believe a housewife is nothing more than a babysitter who 
who sits on her behind all day and watches Oprah. Real moms are busy. They're imperfect. They're compassionate. They're sacrificial. I remember reading a story about a little kid and they said there's six people in your family, seven people in your family, and they cut the pie up in six pieces. How many pieces does each, per- each person get? And the kid said, one. And the teacher said, no. There are six pieces, seven people. What do you do? He says, one. She said, you don't understand. He said, no, you don't understand. If there are six people, if there are seven people and six pieces of pie, my mom's going to say she doesn't want any pie. Real moms are sacrificial. And I think God has a special place in his heart for moms because he knows what it's like. He sent his only son. He sacrificed his only son for a world that couldn't care less. He sacrificed his only son so that all these people could be saved. You ever stop to think that it breaks God's heart when his children go astray? How hard is it for a mom when she sees her kids doing something and she knows it's going to hurt them? How hard is it for a mom when she sees her child making a decision that she knows is going to cost them in the long run and nothing, there's nothing she can do to stop it? Don't you wonder how God feels when we do the same thing? We make decisions that are wrong. We make decisions that we know are going to hurt us. We do them anyway. God's perfect. He's the perfect parent, and yet his children break the rules. If you're here this morning and you're a Christian mom and you have kids who aren't serving God, God knows just how you feel. God has compassion for you. And God cares for you. And God knows what you need to know. God knows how you feel. God knows how to guide you. And when you pray, when you pray, God hears your voice. Trust me, moms, God hears your voice. God is the perfect parent with perfect love and he made a perfect sacrifice. God gave his only son for a world of wayward children. So moms, I salute you today. Maybe you're not perfect. In fact, moms, can I just tell you right now, you're not perfect. You're just not. And you know what? That's okay, because God is. You get frustrated and you don't know what to do, that's okay, because God does. And you think nobody understands the sacrifice or sees the sacrifices you make, God does. He's the one who, he's the one who rewards, he's the one who loves, 
God sees. So ladies, if you're a mom this morning, I want you to know that I may never be able to understand fully what it feels like to be a mom, but I serve a God who does. And so do you. And that's what you need to know. Moms, I'd like to pray for you if I could. Father, thanks. Lord, where would we be without the hearts of moms? Where would we be without moms who care and are compassionate and sacrificial? And yes, God, moms who are imperfect. Father, I pray that you'll speak to every mom in this room today. That you'll challenge them. That you'll give them grace. Thank you, Father. If you're here this morning and you're a mom and you don't know Jesus... I want to give you the opportunity right now to make that right. You may not have understood all the stuff that's going on, but God has. And he's here to let you know right now, he has something better for you. And it's so simple, and yet so profound. You go to God and you say, God, I need you. I'm sorry for the wayward way I've been living. I'm sorry for the things I've been doing wrong. God, I want to follow you. Take a moment right now. And you know what? It doesn't have to be just moms, dads. Anybody in this room, if you don't know Jesus, if you haven't been following him, now is a good time to make that right. I've been doing it on my own and messing it up, God. I want to be yours. It really is just that simple. Father, I pray an extra dose of compassion and grace and, and love for these moms today. God, that they will walk out of here challenged, that they may not be perfect, but they serve a God who is. They may not have all the answers, but they serve a God who does. And maybe nobody in the world feels the way they feel, but they serve a God who knows exactly how they feel. Father, I thank you for all these moms, what they mean to their families and what they mean to you. God, bless us. Keep us, Father. Thanks. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Stand with me if you would. Moms, if you haven't picked up a little gift, there's a little gift in the back. We want you to know the Remnant Church loves you cares for you we want to help you be everything you need to be thank you so much for being here moms happy mother's day I love you all God bless you you've been listening to a presentation of remnant for more information visit us online at remnantchurchiv.com you've been